let's talk talk the dreaded ears because I get a lot of <laughs> chronicity with ears. And then the struggle is, okay, what is the causative agent here? And what do we do? And then, you know, a lot of primaries are going, okay, let's try one type of ear med. Let's try another. Let's do another. And then we worry about resistant infections and everything like that. So what 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 sort of advice would you give both the homeowner, the, the, the pet parent, is how to manage just their yeah. ears in general, and then what primaries can do before getting to a difficult scenario? Yeah, so I think ears are, again, frustrating for clients and for veterinarians. But one of the issues we get with the ears, just like I'm sure we get, or I see we get with the eyes, is that can the owner medicate the dog or cat? Can they get the drugs in the ear? And, you know, a lot of times the owners are kind of like, every time I try, the dog tries to bite me, or, you know, this and that. And so that's one issue you get is a, a patient who's not going to be uh, cooperative for that sort of stuff. And I will say that over the recent years, we do have some products that are more of a leave-in type of product where you go to the veterinarian, they put a, a medication in the ear and it could last anywhere from a week or four weeks, depending on the product. And honestly, depending on how severe the ear is affected. But one of the issues I find with the leave-ins is that I don't really feel they're as effective because even though they claim they last for a long time, I you know I don't really feel like that's always the case. And the other thing is for a really severely affected ear, expecting those treatments to work is is a long shot, to be honest with you. But you know, if the dog's gonna try to kill the owner or the vet, I mean you really have no choice. So it's better that than than going to surgery right away, you know, to to address it surgically. Um, but one of the things I will say about ear treatments is there's a lot of options out there for veterinarians to prescribe to the, the patients um, for the owners to use. The issue I see is a lot of those pre-made, you know, approved products that are on the market is that they come in a small volume usually for the amount you probably ideally need for a dog. I mean, you have a severely affected Cocker Spaniel or a, a Newfie and they give you a 15 ml bottle or, or, you know, that's like not enough for like maybe five days, honestly, if you give the right amount in there. So I, a lot of times I find us doing some compounds and I do see a lot of general practitioners doing that more and more, which I think uh, which I think is great. And there's nothing wrong with the products on the market. It's just that when a dog is severely affected, they just may not be ideal. They may not target everything we want to target. They also often are a lower concentration of the active agent we want. And also we want to make sure that we get in the ear a good, a good amount of corticosteroid to take that inflammation down to allow the medication to be effective. No, that's, that's great advice. And is there, is there any way like the client can do things at home? Like as far as what's your take on cleaning the ears? you know, during a treatment protocol? Because I hear different yeah, so things about that. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it comes back to compliance again. So, you know, quite honestly, when I prescribe top colder ear meds, I sort of, I'll say, for example, like clean the ears three days a week because I want them to really do it. But I know that probably half the clients, that's once a week. And that's better than just saying once a week to them because then it'll never get done. So, and I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I am not judging any client or any veterinarian on this. I, I'm the same way. But I, I, I do think with your cleaners, um, you know, one of the things is not overdoing it because we don't want to constantly have the ear, you know, saturated. Um, and, and that's why there are a lot of good products out there that have drying agents within the product. So you can, you know, talk to the veterinarian about that. 
Um, and the other thing is there are some products that are more acidic, some products that are more basic or neutral. And then there's, you know, some products that have unfortunately a fair amount of alcohol in them. And a lot of those tend to be the over the counter products. And there's a reason why, you know, your cleaner may be much cheaper. And it's probably because there's really nothing in there but alcohol and a couple of ingredients. And, and if you've seen some of these ears, and I, I know you have, but I'm saying to clients and so forth, I mean, it's, you get these really ulcerated ears. You know, you wonder why the dog runs away. Nobody wants alcohol poured in their ear with ulcers in there and, and you know so again choosing the right products at the right time but i preferably use products usually that are more of a neutral basic alcohol free type product because it doesn't tend to irritate them as much so so what what do you think about hydrogen peroxide and vinegar so yeah i you know i think a oh, good question hydrogen peroxide and vinegar I think it's not actually so bad. We, we do have people do that and, and even just vinegar, like a vinegar 50-50 with water. And, you know, the peroxide is, is not as irritating as alcohol, obviously, um, but it still can be irritating. But um, I think that those are fine compared to some of the other products out there. And I also, I should mention because I forgot to say this, is I think it's also how you flush the ear. So you get this bottle and some people, you know, go up to the dog, squish this, you know, try to squirt this whole thing in their ear and it's cold because it's been sitting in the garage or something and forget it, they're out of there. So I usually tell them, keep the ear cleaner at room temperature or even slightly, you know, at a warmer place in the home. And instead of trying to squeeze all the material, you know, the, the product out of the bottle's ear, actually take a couple um, cotton balls or a few cotton balls and saturate them and then take the cotton ball up to the ear and kind of massage them and gradually start squeezing it into the ear. And that does two things. One, it does work better because they tolerate it. But two, you don't contaminate the bottle because if you take an infected ear and you put the nozzle of the bottle into the ear, you can get bacteria back into the bottle and it can grow bacteria. And that definitely happens. And then every time you clean the ear, you're putting bacteria into the ear. Awesome. I, I, I'm so stoked because that's what I tell clients to do. I say, warm it, soak cotton balls and do that. Yes. So I'm stoked. <laughs> yes. Coming from the master. I love it. <laughs>